for the first time, believing that God's story was going to be better than any story that I could put together for myself. Welcome to the Strength and Dignity podcast, where we like to disrupt the Western story with God's biblical narrative. We often discuss difficult, avoided, or controversial topics here with the intention of diving into the scriptures to see what God thinks and says, despite how countercultural it might be. I'm your host, Kelsey Pryor. Welcome to the Storyform Life series of this podcast. For eight episodes, we are going to walk you through the SFL, which is a discovery Bible study designed to increase the level of faith participants have in God's story. These episodes are just mini trailers to give you an idea of the content, but this series is best experienced in a group setting. Check out the description to sign up for the study I'm leading over Zoom. Okay, guys, the first week of this SFL podcast series is the creation week. So if you have not yet listened to the introduction, I do encourage you to go listen to that so you can see what this series is all about. It's very short. And then come back to this one. Um, I'm really excited because all of these episodes, I have different guests that I'm speaking with about these different topics. Um, So this week, my friends, Rhett and Ange and I, we talk about the creation story, but more importantly, how it's impacted their life. And so this is definitely more of a testimonial, but if you would like to experience the full impact of the creation story as well as the rest of the story of scripture, I am leading the full story form life Bible study um, over Zoom. So hopefully this will be accessible to everybody. You can find the details in the description below the link to sign up as well as all of the uh, logistical information is going to be in the description below. Um, And I hope that you can sign up for that and enjoy this upcoming episode. All right, so my guests today are Red and Barber. They have been in my life for I feel it feels like my whole life. I don't I don't actually know when we met you 13, guys. 13, 14 years. Yeah, it's crazy. So a very long time. <laughs> I'm super happy they could join me today. Thanks for being here. Um, why don't you guys give like a little introduction to who you are, what you guys do, your kids, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I can remember, I think Kelsey, you were five. So okay. Was, wow. So that was, I think that was the age, but anyway. Um, yeah. So my name's Rhett, uh, and I run a local test prep company for high school students, help them get into college. And we have five kiddos, 13, 11, nine, seven, five, I think. You got it. <laughs> All right. Sweet. So and you can tell them what you're up to. Yeah, I'm Ange, and I stay home with said five kiddos and homeschool them and and just manage all things here. Awesome. Well, we're talking about the story form life today, which for most people, this is going to be their first introduction to what SFL is. And I think you guys were a part of the first or one of the first story form lives mm-hmm. that my dad led. Um, so I thought that you guys would be a great um, interviewees to talk about like what that was like, because the big, the big idea around story form life is this looking at the Bible as one big story. Um, and it's the story that God is telling and that we're in, but the story's not actually about us. And so I'd love it if you guys could talk about what that experience was like. And then we'll talk a little bit after that about the topic of the first week, which is creation. But first, why don't you give your like personal testimony about that? Yeah. And won't you start, you were in the first. Yeah. So, um, you know, we were in a community together with your parents and some other people. And um, your dad was kind of like, 
quote unquote prototyping, I guess the first one. So we had a, a women's SFL and a men's SFL and, uh, I was lucky enough to be available during the women's, but Rhett was not available for the men's because it was all these entrepreneurs that had their own schedule and he was still in grad school. So he missed. Um, so I went through the first one and one, it was the first time I had ever learned to read and look at scripture in a, in a new light, in a way that I had never been taught before. So that was, um, just very eye-opening and also empowering, I think, in, in understanding what God was saying and him speaking through scripture to me. And um, I'm going to skip ahead a little. So for me, my personal big eye-opening moment was um, during the fall. Like Rhett and I had um, been married three years by then, I think. And um, the fall, you mean the second week of SFL. So right. The second week of SFL. Yeah. And um, I won't go too into it, but we all know what the fall was, I think, or most people probably do. And um, Rhett and I had been having lots of arguments. I mean, we, we kind of are both bold, stubborn people anyway. So put that in a marriage together, you can imagine what that could sometimes look like. And we never could pinpoint like what the root of those arguments were, but we kind of always just intrinsically knew like it's the same thing. And when we got to the fall and, um, you know, there's the verse about, um, woman will basically desire to rule over her husband, you know, it was just like, that was it. And I knew in that moment that all of the things that he and I had been struggling through came down to this story, like from, from long, long ago. And I also knew I couldn't go and tell him about it. Like he was going to have to go through it himself. Cause if I told him all of these things that started being revealed to me, it was still going to be me controlling the narrative. And Mm -hmm. so at that point I had already been praying for us anyway, for this revelation, but at that point, particularly praying for him to be able to go through what ended up being the second story from life, um, which is where things really shifted for us. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, so we came came out of that um, that season where Ange really hadn't shared much of anything about even what she just shared here. She didn't really hadn't shared with me. It was kind of like, hey, how's that? How's that weird story form life thing going? And she's like, yeah, it's good. I'm glad I'm doing it, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of just like probably just ruminating in it herself while she's praying that there's going to be some something happening. And then <clears throat> that actual fall by the way not the fall week but the that actual autumn. fall of that year <laughs> that autumn um you know your dad kicked off the second one and this was you know after he prototyped uh you know it was like hey come one come all and i think we had like 48 people in your living room wow <laughs> um, and it was incredible because you know i grew up in the church i i led youth group i i mean i literally had taught sunday school i i been in Bible studies my whole life. I'd led them, yada, yada, all the things. Um, and, and was legitimately in my assessment following Jesus. Um, but something happened night one, um, that I don't know, you know, sometimes you, you experience something in the scriptures or in life that even postscriptively, if you try to like articulate what was going on, it's difficult. And, and, and you're kind of sometimes left to say something like the Holy spirit was moving. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like that's like the uh, the catch all phrase for for people who follow Jesus because like sometimes you can't fully explain it. And and I think this is one of those nights where we sat down and I can remember uh, your dad reading the very first line of scripture, which literally is the first line of scripture, you know, in the beginning, God. And back then we were, we would be meeting for three straight hours over this stuff with 48 people in the room. And for the next two hours and 59 minutes, there was this, something was happening and I was hearing a conversation that was not in the room. Hmm. Right. I think I was, I mean, I was participating, but what was happening in me was actually a conversation with God. And I heard his voice more clearly than ever before. Um, and, and he said to me at that point in time, which I didn't understand what, what it meant big picture. And it's, this definitely is not a prescription for all people on earth, but he said to me, you need to go off birth control. And, and what you don't, what we haven't shared fully about our narrative leading up to that was, you know, part of what we had been planning on doing was uh, we were going to become college professors. We were in grad school. We were going to be traveling the world. Um, and uh, like I was interviewing for um, the PhD, pro- a PhD program in France. Like we were, we were going to go out and be and, and have just a blast and kids were 100% not a part of that narrative. Um, and, and honestly, we looked at it, they were a hindrance to that narrative. And so this is not a conversation about kids, no kids, all that stuff. But for right. us yeah. in, in that season, um, what happened in that moment, and the reason we're talking about the creation week for SFL right now, what happened in that moment was it was the first time where the realness of when, when the statement comes out in the beginning, God, hmm. what happened in me as I've tried to look at it is like, Oh, it was this revelation or recognition that, that he is the author hmm. that he was and is, and always will be. And thus like kind of what you said at the beginning, Kelsey, like we are simply walking out and playing a role in a grander narrative than than just the blip that is us yeah right and and in that i realized that um one of the things that that you that i didn't want to do if i was truly giving my life you know we talk we use this language like i give my life to christ i i follow Mm -hmm. jesus like what that means inherently is like loosening the grips of control that where you are forcefully and aggressively um, creating the narrative that you want to be true for yourself. And instead, not giving up your identity, not giving up your personality, not giving up your interests, but, but instead you're actually saying like, what I need or desire to make me feel safe and comfortable is not the most important thing. Hmm. And, and it was that moment where it clicked. And for us, in that particular season, at that particular time, after three hours of sitting in that room and then another two hours with my buddies later that night, um, I had a few friends who we were just like, I came upstairs and I was like, hey, guys, I think God told me that we are supposed to go off birth control. And they were like, oh, bro, no, you can't. 
that's not a unilateral decision there, buddy. You don't just get to like, that's not, that's not the way this works. And I was like, I know, but like, I think this is an obedience issue because I mean, even the essence of that word for us at that season, like control, right? Like Mm -hmm. it was, it was the singular factor that was creating the path that we wanted to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, so to speed up and, and kind of, you know, get past that, um, I came home that night after sharing with several people and had left a little early cause I stayed up in that room with the guys <laughs> for a long time. Um, and I came home convinced that I was going to tell <laughs> my wife that we were going to be going off birth control and and at that time in life, if you were married to me as Rhett was, you didn't just come tell me what you wanted to do. It didn't go well for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. There are words that people may or may not use to describe Ange in that season that we won't use here, but you can imagine. Um, and she's, she's, she would self-admit. Um, but, but even still, like regardless of that, you know, the idea, like I said, a unilateral decision about a relationship and a family and particularly it's not my body, it's hers and all these, you know, I was nervous and, but felt, you know, we've probably all, anyone listening to this has probably had those moments where you, you feel something um, and you know that the implications of that thing you're feeling or believing you're supposed to do may not go very well hmm. yeah, in the short term, but it's the right decision And so with as much humility as I knew how to muster, I came into our bedroom that night Ange was putting clothes away. Like she had clothes on hangers and she was putting them away when I got home and I was like sitting on the bed, like, (laughs) and I have to preface because he, he always says this. I, even though I was very opinionated and, um, you know, strong minded and stubborn, I was not abusive. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just clarify real quick. Uh, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, but I, I kind of said it like I, she wasn't even looking at me. I said, Hey, um, so I think we should not be on birth control anymore. That's kind of like how I said it, like kind of waiting for the hanger to fly across the room at my face. Um, <laughs> And, and here's the connection. This is the connecting tissue of our two stories that we've kind of shared. Like, you know, what I didn't know is that for the last four months or three months up to that point, Ange had been really praying that something significant would happen in me hmm. that would begin to write the ship in terms of the roles we were playing in our marriage. Hmm. And, and so God was really, it was really interesting the way he orchestrated it. He, he used something that we were both holding on to, to also align us in the thing that Ange had come to realization earlier than me. And it kind of was like, and this whole experience was like a Kickstarter for, for a completely different trajectory. Um, and so that's where I, I really think, you know, what language would, would we put on this? Like, yes, it was life-changing. Yes. It was life altering. Yes. Seeing God's story definitely enlightened us. But I think the biggest thing is it was an impetus. It was a Kickstarter Hmm. for a new path 
and a new journey that was not about having lots of kids. It was not about no birth control. It was about letting, letting our like death grip on what we wanted to be true and letting it go. So that's how. Yeah. And that's what was really great about that. You know, immediately after we started sharing with friends, this like, realization that we both came to, um, you know, they were asking us like, so are you guys going to have, you know, 20 kids now? And we're like, we don't know. Like it was so clear to us that it had nothing to do with kids. We were like, we may not be able to even have kids. Like, we don't know. We've never tried or we may end up with, you know, a child that has severe special needs or we might, we might end up with 20. I was, I was kind of honestly praying that it wasn't 20, but I was still like, if God wants that, he's going to provide, right? Like that's what the whole um, decision was about. And, and it was really interesting for us to just be able to walk in that peace, like for the first time, believing that God's story was going to be better than any story that I could put together for myself. Um, and, and, you know, we're surrounded by friends at that time, you know, we're in our early twenties. So lots of people were starting out in their marriages and families and they were stressing out about what if I can't get pregnant? What if I have a kid that I I don't know how to help them or whatever. And, um, and those are normal worries for any new family, but for us, it was like the shift that God did. And it was really, I think, affirming for us in that of like, Oh, this is bigger than just us. Like this wasn't us just being like, Oh, kids are great now. You know, it, it was about like, Oh no, God's plan is great. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's one of the most powerful things about story from life is that it's just straight up scripture. And so like, because the word is like alive every single time you read it, it's different. And so like the passage that Rhett's talking about is one of the most basic passages in the whole Bible. When you open it up, that's what it, that's what's there. And so it just says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then it talks about how God created the world, right? And I think sometimes we read that from a scientific perspective, like this is how everything came to be. This is how it all happened. But we don't really look at it as like, this is the start to a story. Like if we're reading a novel, it's telling us what the rest of this book is going to be about. And at some point you might figure out what your role is. But I think some, like the perspective that it gives you, like you're saying, like the way it kickstarted, the way that you started to view your life is like, oh, this is God's story. It's not like, okay, how does God fit into my narrative that I want for my life? It's like, okay, this is a story that God is writing and I need to figure out how he wants to use me in it instead. So kind of reversing those roles. Yeah, and I think that's really important because I think a lot of what, I think the typical life change, maybe this is wrong, but I've seen enough instances where people will experience life change, quote unquote, but what it ultimately is, is simply a kind of like a, add on to whatever life that they designed for themselves. Like, Oh, there's this new revelation about my identity, but I'm still this and I'm still running in this direction because it's what I want. Um, and even, you know, we even do that in a way that doesn't feel super selfish. It feels like we're giving ourselves over, but, but there was just a, I I don't know really fully know how to describe it, except there was a significant change to it's really like, like putting, you've got a lens on it's like, got blue it's a blue lens and when you when you change that lens and put a red lens in everything looks different 
Yeah. And, and it really became a different lens for decision making, for relationships, for where we invest our time and focus. Yeah. And it really came down to exactly what you're saying. <clears throat> we are experiencing something that God is doing. Um, and, and it is not our story to write. Yeah. And that's as simple as it is. Awesome. Well, thanks so much guys for sharing that. I feel like that's a super, it feels almost like it should be basic once you learn it, but sometimes it does take like a journey to come to that realization when you're reading scripture um, and when you're reading the story. And so that's super powerful to have testimonies like yours along with it, but also um, repeating your disclaimer, like it's not actually about like kids or birth control. It's about like viewing your role in God's story um, is basically the question that is being asked the first week of story form life. Like if you believe the story of creation and the beginning of the Bible, <clears throat> if you believed it on a scale of one to 10 out of 10, what would your life look like? And how would you surrender control right now in this season? So thanks so much for sharing that and, um, with all of us. And I look forward to talking um, about other weeks coming up and upcoming episodes with more guests. So thanks so much for being our first guest on here. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to the Strength and Dignity podcast. Make sure you check out the links below to sign up for my Zoom SFL study and my other podcast series on Proverbs.